This is the St. Charles History Chronicle, episode 2308. Local musicians Dennis and Ian O'Brien join Steve and Eric at the microphones. Brought to you by the St. Charles History Museum in St. Charles, Illinois. Welcome to the St. Charles History Chronicles. This is Steve Gibson. Um, I'm here today with a crowd of people. Um, I'm here with my normal co-host, Eric Krupa, Hello. manager of collections. And I'm also joined by Dennis O'Brien and his son, Ian, who uh, just stopped by the museum today to play some music for us, which was a, a real nice treat, and I appreciate that. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Definitely got the royal treatment today. We're good. Yeah, we got everything today, I think. I, tell us a little bit about where you're coming from and everything else. I'm, I'm familiar with having seen you play live here in the St. Charles area. I'm assuming a lot of people here in St. Charles are also familiar with, with you and, and a couple of different permutations of bands that that you've had here in the St. Charles area, right? And can you kind of fill us in on, on your history here in the Valley? Well, yeah, I moved here in 1969. I started playing professionally in 1976, and I started out with a band called the O'Brien Spring Band. Uh, Randy Spring and I started that band, and then I played with a guy named Charlie Prasma um, for 35 years. And Charlie passed away in 2012, and I picked up from there, and I'm playing with uh, a bunch of guys now, John Perullo, Batavia, uh, and Jim Sercio in Elmwood Park, and um, and uh, Pete Cruz out of uh, Wheaton. And we have a lot of fun, and uh, we've, we've played all over. We've done a bunch of corporate stuff over the years, done some traveling. Uh, we've, uh, we were talking earlier, Steve, about Ireland. Uh, we've taken the band over to Ireland twice. And my son Ian and I did a did a duet kind of a tour along with our friend uh, um, Kent Sl- Ken Sloff um, last year and toured Ireland again. And oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, it's fun. Um, but I thought we'd take a little time just to talk about why you're here playing the guitar. Just not like you normally stop by on Tuesdays and 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 play at lunchtime. Um, <laughs> you're working on a project and a project that kind of had um, its beginnings back during COVID. Is this when you first started thinking about it? Yeah. Uh, you know, I was trying to think of other ways to, uh, you know, get myself out there and and perform and things that I've not done yet that I, that would be cool to do. So I started doing live streams and, uh, everybody did. And, uh, I still do them. I, I do them from October through March. Um, try to do one a month and I try to do them with a friend or, or somebody that I've worked with, you know, we trade songs. And then this thing, uh, recording these songs uh, on the live streams got me thinking about doing some individual songs. So I'm, a, I'm doing a project now where I'm going to do 31 songs uh, with about 17 or 18 different people that I've played with since 1976. And the rest will probably be solo songs. And I'm going to record them, um, video them, and release them starting December 1st, one a day through the month of December. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah I'm excited. Yeah, you guys sounded great. I, I don't know, uh, the, the museum obviously wasn't built for acoustics, but you guys you guys did re- really sounded good there, yeah. So, and and your setup is fantastic. I, um, you know, like I said, you walked in with, a, what, a thing the size of a, a lighter and uh, said, this is what we're going to use to record. So, great job. Um, and Ian brings a whole different skill set to this thing for you, which is kind of nice because now you're like just two instead of maybe a third guy who would be your your engineer and your yeah. your video guy, right? Ian, you're cutting costs. Yeah, yeah, right, right. No, it was it was like it's like people in the old days who had a bunch of kids to help on the farm. My dad, I'm like I'm his engineer. I'm his uh, 
videographer and uh yeah so it's it's fun though we have a good, really good time yeah, yeah. So. and he's 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 qualified that's you know that's me being dad but it's true he lives in la well i'm not going to speak for you you tell him tell him what you're doing I don't know what I can and cannot say because I'm on strike. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no, yeah. Well, I mean, well, don't worry, we're not sag here, and I don't think you're going to get that check on this. Oh, kidding. Well, I just like saying I'm on strike. Yeah, no, that's cool. Um, no, yeah, I live in LA, and and I, I do I do music, and um, I'm an actor and a writer and stuff. So I really am just an artist who just likes to explore, um, you know, the world through different mediums and and uh yeah over the years i've collected a lot of different little skills uh that you know are just fun and then and then when we get together i i kind of use my dad as a as a muse or a subject to kind of just do things that i haven't done either so when he's doing something that is new for him and then i'm like well that's cool let's see let's see how we can kind of collaborate artistically and see what comes up so yeah yeah what got you into doing it would it be your father at all playing music search yeah oh yeah yeah i mean um for sure it's got to be the number yeah inspiration yeah i mean ever since i was little i was you know real little like some of my first memories are listening and seeing him play and um with charlie and and randy spring and um and and two uh you know just Lo- loading in and loading out and so i was kind of i kind of <laughs> there you go <laughs> ever ever since i was a little kid so it just seemed it's yeah it seemed like a natural thing for me to for me to do with my life <laughs> yeah, <you know? laughs> it's great you know it's great we were we kind of talked a little bit about covid and the world pre and post covid and stuff like that and i i think it's one of those things that um for me and i'm sure for majority of people in the country music is what got you through it if it, if it was either binge watching bad old tv shows or music were the two things that we had and and you know when people started doing the live streaming and stuff like that it was that was pretty cool too because it was not something that any of us would have like um would have bought before covid came along i mean it's like you know if i had an option to go see somebody play live or you know turn on my phone and do something with it you know that's that's two different you know, two different things in terms of you know, consumption of it. So to have not an option and have to go to that. And then I think the fun thing was, you know, when you were stream- when you were live streaming, I'm sure, and I did not see your show, and I apologize for that, but the people that I did see, it's a one-on-one experience. I mean, it seriously is, a, a you know, it's you and the, and the person viewing, and because it's live, it, it feels pretty cool. So yeah. um, I'm sure your fans definitely appreciated that and it was, yeah, it was a little awkward at first when, you know, you'd finish a song and there's total silence. You know? <laughs> and uh, unless you use Zoom and you can see the people that are... Or unless you're in my band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was Eric, by the way. <laughs> no, we're long dissolved. <laughs> well, uh, COVID really did open a lot of uh, opportunities uh, and also, you know, provided some discipline and patience for most of us, you know, yeah. so. And and then I guess the other thing that's kind of fun or funny or whatever is uh, one of the things I know, especially about live music today, um, it, the noise level in bars while you're playing is unbelievable. I mean, you know, and I, and I love live music and to hear somebody like yourself play like you guys did today in a bar and hardly be able to hear you over the noise. And I know you feel it up there when you're up on the stage. I think, I you know, I kind of had this expectation that, 
we sat quietly in our living rooms and maybe when this is all over, we can actually sit and, and enjoy music. Cause I mean, you're in, in my age bracket here. When, when we used to go see live acts, you could drop a pin when somebody was playing. I mean, people went, you know, downtown to quiet night or something and sat there and, and absorbed that thing. You know, um, today you really are a jukebox, you know, you're really playing in a background thing and, um, it's, it's just a shame we kind of lost that, but hey, it's a really good point you make. And, uh, you know, back in those days they were doing more cover charges, which they, it wouldn't hurt them to do or try to do again. Because <laughs> yeah. when people pay to see you or hear you, they usually do be quiet. Yeah. The other thing is, uh, it's our job as, as artists or musicians to, um, get, get people's attention and try, try to get them to listen and, um, yeah, but some places uh, where we play, it it is definitely a, like a concert, while others is you know. Yeah, what'd you find over in Ireland with the crowds in the pubs there when you played? They love American music. Yeah. They love. In fact, when we first got, you know, we were putting our first trip together. I said to Shay Clark, who was our guide, uh, I said, Shay, I'm really nervous. Do I have to learn any Irish songs? And he goes, No. <laughs> what do you think? Do I ever hear Americans to hear you know yeah, play yeah. Irish music? I'm like, good. He goes, but they do love John Denver. So I, <laughs> I, I, I did learn a couple of John Denver. Yeah. yeah, I saw uh, Luca Bloom in uh, Roisin Dove in in Galway, and Luca is Christy Moore's brother, and Luca's got his own style of playing and stuff. But he's got a, a cult following almost to him, and so the the Roisin was a very small room to begin with. And I was literally sitting like five feet away from him, and every song, people were singing along, but not like drowning him out, almost like backup singing to him. And then he would just drop the, his volume until the crowd basically could take over and be his backup singers. And it was just, you know, he just was having so much fun in that intimate environment. But man, what a, you know, dynamic you have to get between the, the entertainer and the, and the audience to have that work. Because mm. like I say, I, I, and, you know, you could play at McNally's and stuff like that. And it's a great example of a fun room. You know, you can have a, a gas time in there and everything else. But I, other times it's kind of like, you know, I want to change my seat and get closer so I can hear something, you know, instead of the, the yeah. guy talking on the cell phone at the bar. But well, every bar is like that. I'm not, McNally's not the only one. No, I mean. <laughs> but Sundays at McNally's is, oh, it's like a, it's like a concert. Uh, whereas, you know, when they do have music, when they did have music on Friday nights, I, I respectfully declined to play there because I said, you don't need me. You don't need us there. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, it's a big, uh, it's, it's a big tangle. It's busy and noise. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, I got off on a, on a, on a sidetrack there, but um, I, we, I talked to you a little bit about it. I just want to kind of get your feelings on this. One of the things that Eric's working on right now, we've got interns working on everything else, is we're doing the history of music at St. Charles, and it's going to be one of our major exhibits next year. And um, it's really an interesting thing. I think you just you sent me an article yet, uh, yesterday, I think, um, about a guy getting a cornet. We had a no, big yeah. brass band here in town, everything else. We've got an exhibit on the uh, World's Fair, 1933 World's Fair, um, the drum and bugle corps for the American Legion in St. Charles would like open up the uh, World's Fair every day with the uh, going from uh, exhibit hall to exhibit hall. We were kind of like the band for the, the Chicago World's Not Fair. Not quite every day, but we were regular guests there. Yes. Oh. Yeah. And it was St. Charles. Never now, the, the tie in was St. Charles was celebrating its centennial in 1933, just like Chicago was. But the cool thing was, I think, that literally this little town out, which seems like in the middle of nowhere, especially from Chicago in 1933, 
um, really, you know, had this representation. And then it was musical. So mm-hmm. when we look back at this stuff, this city, um, John Philip Sousa played at the Arcata Theater. Three times. Yeah. And actually, once he actually led, oh, sorry. Go ahead, you go. say it, go ahead. Yeah, so the first time he came here is with the Great Lakes Naval uh, Station Band and he led a march down Main Street uh, with the people following in tow. In 1928, he came to the Arcata Theater, gave a regular performance, uh, which was well-received. And in 1930, he actually gave another performance at the Arcata and led the St. Charles High School Band, which would have been <laughs> quite the treat if you were wow. a child back then. Wow. Yeah. And I believe he died in 32, so, you know, he wasn't really around for much longer, but it was a cool little thing. That... That's, that's, a, that's a great claim to fame. Yeah. <laughs> when we start talking about it, because of Colonel Baker, who created Hotel Baker, and the Norrises, who created the Arcata Theater, we had this 1920s thing that happened here that was also very cool. All the top stars were here, big bands, all this other stuff going on. And then we get into this kind of lull, and then I was telling you, we mentioned the poster in there with the Who showing up at the at Alibis, uh, which uh, the Jaguar Club is what it was then. It's known as Alibis today here in town. They were downstate, and somebody yeah. asked them to come up here and play the gig up here, and they showed up, and they played basically like in somebody's basement almost. Clapton uh, played I, here with the Yardbirds. Yeah. Uh, he mailed out halfway through, though, because uh, he had a fever, allegedly. Yeah, I uh, I it, heard I, my friend Ken Sloth that I told you went to Ireland with us. He saw both those shows. No, no kidding. And uh, he's older than me. I just point that out. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he was here, saw both those shows, and, and was like, wowed. Of course, you know. St. Charles has got some wonderful history, musically and otherwise. You know, well, we also want to not focus just on the past or people who have been here as well, or major stars or anybody that's actually broken through somehow. Um, we also are trying to focus on every local musician we could possibly find because every musician has had a great career, um, whether they want to admit it or not. They've brushed. If you've been in the game long enough, you've brushed shoulders with some of the, you know. Great session musicians, great people, great famous people, if you may. Uh, so we, we're just trying to collect the stories of everybody's personal connections with this town as well, uh, how they kind of came to the town, what they like to do. We want to kind of make an Alan Lomax kind of recording archive where we do an interview and have them play like a song at the end of it where we could have like a digital music archive that we could share with the people of St. Charles and anyone that comes through here. So that's one of my great ideas. That's cool. Yeah. 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 So I like that a lot. We're going to have fun with that. Well, I appreciate you guys taking time. I know you got a busy day here. Now you got like 30 more days of recording to do, right? You got one down and 30 to go. And um, and then editing. And then, yeah. <laughs> but you didn't make any mistakes. I, I Both of yeah. these songs that they did here, I can tell you, were one takes. They were fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> about it. It was a straight well, we can pick up our sleeping bag. <laughs> We've been out there for three days. <laughs> Get rehydrated. You guys would be all right. Yeah. But I really appreciate you taking the time out and talk with us today. For real. Thank you, guys. We're honored. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks a lot. Eric, anything else you want to talk about? I just want to thank everyone out there for listening, and thank you guys for coming in to actually serenade us during lunch. (laughs) (laughs) And we will uh, be back with another podcast soon. Talk to you all later. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to the St. Charles History Chronicle podcast. This content is copyright 2023, St. Charles History Museum, all rights reserved.
Additional information on this episode and other podcast episodes is available at stcmuseum.org forward slash podcast. Thank you.